0: Hang on! Hang on! Fight! <laughs> Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast. Before we start the episode, we've got a voicemail from Noah Daniel, and our German friend has an answer to our question about the German performance of My Evil Twin that we played on last week's episode. Here's Noah.
1: Hello, and welcome to this transcontinental transmission. (laughs) Uh, Is what John Flansburg... uh, said at the beginning of the uh, show, which wasn't a real show at all, um, uh, of which uh, last episode's My Evil Twin, uh partial live version was from, and uh, it's from a, I don't know, bootleg, uh, a live show of TMBG, uh, which I recommend every uh, single TMBG fan to download and listen to over and over again. Um, it's from 1992, uh, obviously, and uh, as it said in the episode, um, but throughout the whole um, show, which was a recording uh, for the German Norddeutscher Rundfunk NDR, which is North German uh, broadcast, um, they don't have a drum machine there, and Flansburg plays guitar and uh, percussion. He has like a small drum set, drum kit. And, uh, Linnell plays superb accordion with bass buttons and all that. And they have, uh, several songs arranged extremely well and, uh, only fuck up twice over the course of the whole show. And, uh, I, I really don't know how this all happened, but the, the NDR made a great job recording it all. And, uh, supposedly they flew to Germany for, for just that recording because the audience also sounds very, German, very, oh, we don't know what's happening here. <laughs> they don't seem to be like American TNBG fans or anything. They're they really shy in a the way. <laughs> but uh, it's it's an amazing uh, record from, from start to finish, even Flensburg's drum parts and all that. I can just recommend uh, anyone to listen to that. So that's the reason why there was no uh, drum machine in the My Evil Twin partial cover, <laughs> which they... <laughs> Uh, for some reason didn't plan how to continue after the the first chorus yes they might be giants norddeutscher rundfunk i thought it was a venue called Norddeutscher at first there's no venue like that in hamburg that's just what i wanted to say here from from germany goodbye
0: <laughs> thanks for calling in noah anyone can leave a voicemail at 2248012930 Again, that number is 224-801-2930. Call now. Uh, and spoiler, you're going to hear a little more of Noah later in the episode. Uh, yeah, you'll see. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Mora Quint to talk about the song Prevenge off of The Spine. Here we go.
1: To tell them.
2: How's it going?
0: Good. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing?
2: I'm okay. I'm tired and uh, watching Twitter burn to the ground, which is super fun.
0: Oh, yeah. I was just clicking around through stuff. I saw that you um, started an account on, um, was it Mastodon? Is that oh, what the new one is called?
2: Everywhere. I started an account everywhere. There should be a, a There might be giant social uh, place. Is there a thing? You would know. Start
0: their own. Well, yeah.
2: yeah. We um, can all hang out. It would be fun.
0: I mean there are Facebook groups.
2: No, that's, nope. that's something. Nope. No not doing that.
0: Mastodon is such like a uh intimidating name for a social media site, right? Sounds very uh
2: Well it doesn't sound like intense. it's gonna be around very long, that's for sure.
0: No, it's our uh, things are already going wrong over there?
2: No, I just mean it sounds like something that's gone extinct, that's all.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. It seems a
2: strange choice <laughs> to me.
0: <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> From what I understand of it, it's like, I don't know, like there are different people that have their own servers and like you can join a server and if that person decides to stop hosting it, it'll just go down. You need to start over on some other show. I don't understand.
2: Yeah, I think it's decentralized. Uh, that's the like trendy word we're going with these days, right? Things are mm. decentralized now. So that's that's... I don't know what it means, but I'm going to assume that's right. I feel good about saying it.
0: <laughs> um, oh, I realized I don't know where, where, where are you? Where am I? Yeah.
2: In, where are in are the you? world? Do you in mean, the world. Like existentially, where am I? Because that's a really long question and I don't know that we have that much time I, I, to answer it. I, I think the first one. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you know what? They they overlap because, in a way, I'm in a like sort of dark place, and it it feels very cold a lot of the times. And at the same time, oh, no. uh, there there are many leaves around me. I'm in Pennsylvania.
0: Pennsylvania. Where yeah. at?
2: Uh, right south central state. I'm I'm Harrisburg area. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. My parents both grew up in in Pittsburgh.
2: Oh, okay. So pretty Pittsburgh's great. With
0: Pittsburgh. Yeah, I love Where Pittsburgh. Where in Pittsburgh
2: did your parents grow up? Not that I'm trying to um, stop you or anything.
0: Uh, Mifflin?
2: Mifflin, is that? That's a place. You're naming a place. Yeah. You did a good job. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mifflin, that <laughs> sounds right. My mom um, is from Squirrel Hill. Squirrel Hill? That mm-hmm. just sounds like a cute place to be.
2: It It is, as long as no one's shooting in uh, synagogues. But uh, otherwise, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, that was... okay. Like, <gasps> sorry, <clears throat> turn there, huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: uh so hey, let's talk about among other things, you um contribute to both the onion and to McSweeneys, which they might be Giants fans, may have heard of if they weren't reading it already, may have heard of from the release. Uh they might be Giants versus McSweeney's back <laughs> in two thousand one. Um, which was uh part of Timothy McSweeney's Quarterly Concern and a companion uh C D. Have have you heard any of that?
2: Yeah, I have. Not actually in a really, really long time because I I didn't own it. I just heard it through other means. But uh yeah. but yeah, I think that was probably right around it had to be right around when I first heard of McSweeney's. Um mm-hmm. and I I think I also was hearing about McSweeney's a lot because I I kept getting um John Moe's pop song correspondence uh, sent to me as something that I would like. And he did a whole bit on McSweeney's. And uh, I started going, oh, this this place is really cool. This is this is a neat world and I want to be a part of it. But didn't occur to me to try to submit anything to them for a long, long time <laughs> after that until yeah. someone actually kind of told me like, you should do this which apparently i need i need people saying you should do this before i do anything need a kick in the butt i i need to be pushed a little bit i need a little yeah. bit of a push i mean if i'm ever looking to jump out of a plane and you're around you know just i'm just saying i'm probably <laughs> not going to take that leap on my own someone's right. probably going to have to kind of real throw a shoulder in there
0: uh so yeah so how long have you been uh, contributing to them
2: um i think I probably started around 2016 maybe 2015 something like mm-hmm. that um that I I sent my first piece in that got accepted I I certainly sent a piece in first that got rejected but uh sure. but you know I did not let that stop me and I sent another piece in and uh and the editor there Chris is is fantastic and um accepted it and it did Really well, and I really enjoyed doing it. Um, And yeah, and so I started kind of sending in things whenever I had an idea. And then for a little while, um, I was doing the presidential debate recaps for McSweeney's. So I was watching the debates anyway because I was uh, working in the world of uh, political advocacy. So I, I had to kind of keep abreast of them. And I figured if I'm going to have to go through this torture, I should at least. Oh, i get to do something fun <laughs> with it. So I started. Yeah. Started I, I recap did. Happen. I
0: did. I did see those. Um, but the, the site is not great for searching by author. I was they, having trouble finding what's your most like recent thing.
2: I haven't done anything okay. in uh, probably like a year and a half, two years. I actually okay. just, um, <laughs> I just had two thoughts for things that I wanted to write for them. And I, I had reached out and, um and, Chris was nice enough to at least say he would look at it, which uh, which I really appreciated. And then I just got really lost in my day and and didn't finish it. But I'm hoping actually to send something over this week. So hopefully I'll have a new piece up sometime, sometime awesome. soon. Something goofy, awesome.
0: yeah. Uh, and the onion, I actually have had one other onion contributor on the show before. Uh, Jean Luc uh, Bouchard mm-hmm. yeah. was on. I'm forgetting what. Oh. The Contra Coup episode. Yeah. But that nice. Was a couple years back. Um,
2: there are a lot of us uh, who contribute. I think he's probably more of a contributed than I am. But, uh, <laughs> but I feel very lucky that I get to occasionally send them some lines and some quips. And every so often they go, yeah, that doesn't yeah. suck. Sure. We'll take that.
0: So like for The Onion and, and Made from experience as well, do you... So you just kind of pitch like your whole own thing? Or they're like, we want something written, you know, about this and then you go from there.
2: So they work in completely different ways, The Onion and McSweeney's. Okay. Um totally mm-hmm. different. Comedy mm-hmm. writing in general is really tricky because you really have to understand what each individual place wants and where their interests lie. So McSweeney's McSweeney's generally has like a broad voice of things that are going to mm-hmm. kind of fit the McSweeney's voice, but there you you write the whole piece and anyone can, absolutely anyone can. That's the brilliance of McSweeney's. And send it out and submit it and uh, and potentially get published there, which is really, really cool. Um, and The Onion is completely the opposite of that. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> no one can pitch anything. You cannot submit to them. They, mm.
1: they,
2: they'll find you kind of thing. Uh, okay. um, and then they auditioned you through several rounds of auditions. Um, and then oh, no. they will hire you to potentially be a contributor which just means that they will send you over like here's what we're looking for today feel free to write Mm. some lines and we'll buy any that we like from you but there's absolutely no guarantee Uh. and if you want to work for them like you want to write the articles you have to live in chicago and you have to apply and there's a lot of a long process to go through they're very exacting
0: okay so you have to be like in office if you're gonna that's right full on oh, yeah
2: okay. yeah you gotta you gotta go all out which uh i do not live in chicago so that was not gonna be an option
0: yeah i i uh grew up in chicago and i have relatives in wisconsin and stuff so i feel like i was a little bit ahead of the curve when i was younger you know actually getting paper finding paper copies of the onion
2: paper copies of the onion were the best i had yeah. plenty of them like pinned up around in early days
0: mm-hmm. i
2: know i miss it
0: yeah yeah uh is there um is there something in the onion uh that you could point us to no, that, the I, Onion again, is, they, they like barely put like the people's names they on don't it, like, they at don't all. put
2: the, for a the long time too they wouldn't actually even let a lot of their contributors say that they were contributors to the onion, and then they updated <laughs> the policy and basically said, you are allowed to call yourself exactly this, but no they they i mean the onion really specifically wants this sort of like blanket voice that is the site's voice not any individual person's voice and they do a fantastic mm. job maintaining that and it it's part of the brilliance of the site because it's it's a uniform thing that just a lot of people happen to be contributing to which I think is kind of cool they've yeah. done a great job with it
0: mhm yes love the onion um And it was fun to see it start creeping up into, like, the social media age and how it took years and years before people realized that it was like, or widely realized that it was parody. Oh, yeah.
2: Did you see this? I think on Facebook, you can still find lots of people who are sharing uh, in outrage onion headlines.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's what makes it so great that it's so uh, well written and it's uh, believable by idiots they nail it <laughs> and so you said that you work in political advocacy Was, yeah let's like your, your full-time gig
2: i am a campaign director actually the well-tax campaign director for americans for tax fairness oh yeah very wow. natural natural overlap econ and comedy i mean yeah. they go hand in hand <laughs>
0: There you go. I almost did it. You did
2: it. You did a great job. Uh,
0: So let's let's talk TMBG. Uh, How did you get – how and when did you get into the Giants?
2: Well, um, I actually – when I was – you know, I wasn't like – sort of kid who really knew all that much about music in general like I listened to the radio that my parents had on they had some Beatles albums that was kind of and I really liked all of that but I didn't really like dive into anything on my on my own until uh it was eighth grade for me and this friend I'd like befriended this girl who I just thought was the coolest girl in the whole world she just like she was really cool simply because she did not care what anyone thought of her she just mm. did her own thing she did not seem to care if people liked her or didn't like her she just kind of would uh you know d- sit alone at lunch if she was alone at lunch but it didn't seem to bother her she just i just thought that she, there was something like really amazing and self-possessed which is like not a thing that at twelve, thirteen you see a lot of people and think that's a self-possessed person right there <laughs> that doesn't tend to be the case so I was, I was like, really, I wanted to be her friend. And I hung out at her house and she had a mixtape because we were back in the era of tapes. Hell yeah. And she said a friend of hers who had moved away had made her this mix and moved and it just said Carrie's mix on it and she played it and it was like, I felt like my world was like i saw rainbows and sparkles and like everything was kind of exploding around me the way like mm-hmm. you know imagine a cartoon character falling in love that was like me listening to this mixtape
1: mm-hmm. but
2: i didn't i didn't know what any of the songs were i'd never heard a single song on this before and one of them was birdhouse in your soul which i'd never heard before and mm-hmm. i got all the lyrics completely wrong. I completely misheard it. I was like singing it for days but did not know what I was singing. And I was really really obsessed with it and really really into it and it took me still then probably another couple of years before I actually understood who the band was that had that was this song and then was able to like obtain a copy of an album um and listen to it all the way through and was just like blown away. I think it was Flood definitely was the the first full yeah. thing that I heard.
0: It was so much harder for us before, you know, these kids today with their <laughs> YouTube and their Spotify. And-
2: well, even just like Googling what any of this was like, I just I didn't yeah. know there was no no one had written a track listing for this tape. So Uh, all I knew was just these like songs in my head and all I could do was basically like wander the streets like a, like an orphan just like going up to people and sort of like (laughs) humming terribly like, do you know what this (laughs) is? And just waiting for someone to be like, yes, child. Yes, I know. And uh, that didn't happen too often.
0: Even, even these days. So that even that wouldn't be a problem Mm because you just like Shazam it or some shit.
2: Yeah. You just put some of the lyrics into Google and it like pops right up. Like, here you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've tried to put in like, you know, ba 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 into Google, that doesn't tend to work. You do tend to need the words, but, uh, but otherwise it it comes out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those commercials make it seem like it works real good, but (laughs) I've tried it before too. It does not. Uh, (laughs) and so once you found out who they were, so are we talking like mid nineties, late Mm nineties?
2: Yeah. Um, mid mm nineties. Uh, -hmm. once I found out who they were, I, I got flood and then, um, and then, like, I started to kind of meet people who were like, "Yeah, of course they might be giant." Who like looked at me like, "Of course, that's something everybody knows." <laughs> Whereas I was still like, you know, just desperate for little kernels of information and stuff. And uh, and then a friend bought me um, Apollo Eighteen for my birthday. I remember, um, and that was where I was just like, "All right, I think I'm, I think I'm in this. Like, I think, I think this is, yeah. I think this is a band I like." which was like, all right, yeah, I, I own that. Yeah, I, I've got a band. Cool, okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now what? Yeah. What do I do now?
0: <laughs> and so are you, like, are you like a completist? Like everything? I'm, they might be giants without. Because
2: they're a tough band to be a completist. They're a very in. tough band. Like I would like to be, but I don't have that much time. <laughs> like I try every so often. Every time I'm just like, okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm up on it. I'm like, oh, shit, there's like somehow there's a whole wealth of dial of songs I missed out on or there's just like this obscure little like there's just always yeah. so many more things. And I I because they are so vast as well, there is like a recognition of I'm never going to be the champion here. I'm never going to be the person who's just like, nope, I know all of it. I I know every single one. So I should just be. Comfortable and happy with my little, you know, moderate space of like, I know a lot of it. I've been to a hey, lot of concerts. You,
0: you really, you really should, because I, I host a podcast about them. And even on occasion, I will find an old, you know, non album song that I've never heard before and be like, oh my God, that's another one. Add it to the spreadsheet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you've got a huge job going. Like, this is pretty, it's pretty hardcore. I don't, I don't know how you're doing it.
0: It's bonkers.
2: You just live alone, and this is all you do, right? Like you have no additional life beyond this. I would assume.
0: Oh no, not at all. Um, but yeah, the the joke is that you know one of my daughters, when they grow up, will have to take this on, uh, you know, to keep it going after I <gasps> oh, leave this leave this earth. <laughs>
2: I want to write the movie of your daughter rejecting and then eventually coming around to recognizing this is her destiny.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you've seen them a lot.
2: I have. They're. Certainly the band I've seen most in my life. I think I've seen them eight or nine times, something like that. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Does that count? I don't know if that counts oh, in Oh, it does. Well. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's that's more than I have.
2: Outside of this podcast world, I'd be like, yeah, I've seen right. them a lot. But here I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I've seen them a few times. Yeah, I love their concerts. They're so much fun.
0: So good. Um, yeah, I'm excited that, uh, you know, living in Indiana makes it tough to see them a lot. But they just... Uh, scheduled an Indianapolis show in next March that I'm hoping to go to fingers crossed maybe a uh, Christmas present maybe
2: <laughs> yeah this past Carl, tour if you're yeah. listening yeah. <laughs> the 2020 tour so I went to their preview show which was at um the what's it called a Daryl's house. Daryl's house. Okay. Yeah. I right. went to that preview show. I drove like four hours to go to that show, which was super fun. And I was really happy. I did because then COVID hit and everything shut down. So I had Baltimore tickets and those, you know, that show got canceled and everything kind of got put on holds. But that was the last like fun thing I did before COVID.
0: Yep. Um. So when the spine, uh, we were st- still pretty much in the you know the cd era of -hmm. the i mean i guess napster wasn't around and all that but like did you grab the spine right when it came out
2: i did yeah i think i was with somebody at the time who was also really into they might be giants and and would go to shows me and stuff sometimes so um and he kind of had like a bigger claim to them i think so he grabbed the spine right away and i felt like i was kind of like I also want to listen to this, let me borrow it kind of thing. But it was, Mm -hmm. it was a little bit like that.
0: Yeah. This is the uh, first uh, single from the spine, which was kind of surprising to me. I did not know that. Um,
2: I didn't either until I looked that up. Yeah. I don't really think of them as having singles. I mean, I know, sure, of course, but it just doesn't even occur to me. Like, what does that mean anymore?
0: I know. Yeah. Back in the, you know, their major label days is like they would, you know, you'd, there'd be funding for a music video and pushing it out to college radio or whatever else. Sure. But these days, hey, Mr.
2: DJ. Yeah.
0: That, yeah. They're, I mean, they're pretty much doing it all themselves these days is what it seems like, you know, they get their own label. They're just very, they're very self-sufficient now. You know, I think they learned their, their, their lessons from being spit out the major label system. Yeah. And uh, just kind of doing it their own way now.
2: Well, they, I mean, it's really fun because they are such a, a weird quirky band and they're like they're so smart and goofy. And I think that their their fan base was just such this like smart, goofy group of people, basically. And so many of them have like ascended into the world of entertainment and now sort of turn around and, and reach out to them and, and use them for so many things that they've had a lot of opportunities because they've cultivated this following of people who this is they're they're really nerdy, but <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah but fun which uh which i think is neat,
0: yeah and they befriended a lot of artists and mm-hmm. you know music video directors and people that uh you know just are, that they tapped for you know to put stuff together all the time and they're really you know their their full product all around it just has this really i mean it's a cohesive aesthetic that's also very eclectic if that makes any sense it you makes know? perfect like, sense you know you can look at something and be like that's that's they might be giants artwork right um but no two albums really look alike so for the spine the spine is uh one of those albums i used to get a lot of shit for uh, <laughs> a couple episodes i put out on the spine um so i've i've done uh this this podcast is through a site called punknews.org which i have been a volunteer uh writer for and mainly podcaster now really over the past few years um since uh the spine came out really and we used to do like year-end lists you know top 20 and the the, the thing back then was you'd also have like Top five biggest disappointments, and like, uh, and I put the spine on my biggest disappointments of two thousand four. Mainly, like, I think I even said the phrase, "I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed," and it it was because I felt like it wasn't eclectic enough. Yeah, to me, it was like this is just like a rock album, (laughs) but. I mean, I was definitely being too hard on it, but it was coming off of, like, Mink Car, which is one of my all-time favorites in a very bizarre album. Uh, and this one was, Mink like, a little, too, a little too streamlined. But, like, it's it's not, like, a regular rock band album. It's still a very They Might Be Giants album. But I had people, like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was, like, uh Movement of human resources. Like, I'm not that crazy bad. I can't remember what I scored it. I'd have to look. But, um I mean, people were making, like... Memes about me about uh, th- th- how unfair it was that I was hating the spine, and I'm like, Well, that's cool, I'm getting memed at least. Yeah, uh, congratulations! That was, that's I know, very right?
2: exciting, absolutely, pretty cool. That's They're pretty gonna cool. explode your head, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, the song we're talking about today, Prevenge. Um, when you looked at the spreadsheet, it was still it was already pretty well picked over, but would you say that Prevenge is one of your favorite songs off the spine?
2: Yeah, definitely off the spine.
0: hmm Yeah. Okay. I would. All right, so um <laughs> Prevenge, I always like there's some people on the 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 wiki, the interpretations tab, they're like stupid play on words or what wo-. I always got I always got a kick out of that prevenge. I don't know. Why, but uh, what what's what's your take on uh, prevenge if we want to look at uh, lyrics first?
2: Um, so it's tricky. i I definitely was grabbed just by the title and the hook. Um, I, just the mere idea of prevenge made me really happy maybe just as a person who goes through the world with like a tremendous amount of anger and hatred towards people (laughs) but also just uh you know i can tell when someone is gonna fucking piss me off like i know it's coming and so the idea of being able to be like all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna get back at them before they have a chance like it is so appealing to to my vengeful side i loved it so much uh, so that alone made me incredibly, incredibly happy. the uh, The rest of the lyrics, as they fall, are kind of interesting. I didn't, I never heard it right. I think until I like finally looked it up in my head. They were saying Mr. Pumpkin, but I guess it's Mr. Pupkin.
0: Pumpkin. Which, which. I I looked that up specifically. I'm like, what's going to come up? I mean, first Google was trying to, to, to did you mean Mr. Pumpkin? No. Sure. Uh, and the first thing that comes up is the Scorsese film, The King yeah. of Comedy.
2: Yeah. And it does seem to really directly be referencing that. Which then I had to like, now I have to watch it. I've never seen it, but I... Me neither. I read the wiki for it because, you know, I cheat like that. <laughs> De-, <laughs> I didn't. De
0: Niro, as Scorsese likes to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm trying to picture De Niro playing a stand-up comedian.
2: <laughs> a failed stand-up, a, a wannabe stand-up, right. stand-up comedian, really. Uh, right. That, but like, as someone who is existing in the world of comedy and has lots of, you know, stand-up comedy friends, like... That's opened a whole other door now. I really want to see this film. (laughs) I'm super curious about it. It sounds incredibly dark and kind of potentially wonderful. So, yeah, that made me really happy as well, which I also, I mean, They Might Be Giants are so into reference, which is another thing that I in general, love and relate to, because that's how I kind of move through the world is in a constant state of reference anyway. So it just feels like listening to music that I that my friends are making, because, you know, that's how we talk, but they're putting it to, you know, some sort of crazy sound. And I Mm -hmm. yeah, makes me very, very happy. So this is this is a good thing. I will definitely be watching this movie soon.
0: So, I mean, do you think we can approach the the lyrics as if it were about this movie? I mean, do we know enough about it to make any sense of that?
2: Well, it does seem like there's at least the, the you know, there's the one verse where it's very clearly about that, where they're talking, um, you know, join us at the lovin' because Pupkin comes alive when Prevenge is the plan. See Pupkins take the stand. I mean... All of that seems to be direct reference to the film and to Mm -hmm. this guy who, I mean, I don't want to ruin the film for anyone else. You can read the wiki on your own, but that seems to be exactly uh, the case. But I don't think that the surrounding ones uh, are really necessarily about King of comedy. I think they're, I think they're just sort of going off uh, into another slightly different world. Um, I don't, and i love lyrics and i love interpreting lyrics and i do this all the time but this is actually a song where like i don't think it's a straightforward clear story like i I don't think we're just watching a story unfold i think it's a bunch of little pastiche moments of you know Mm. we see this we see that and they're just sort of put together in this one place musically
0: Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, there's yeah, there's just so many different things going on. It is hard to, if you're trying to piece it together into one thing.
2: Yeah, I tend maybe, to want to make definitely. songs one thing. But in this one, I definitely resist it. I mean, the, the whole, now you know that the girls are just making it up. Now you know that the boys are just pushing their luck. Now you know that my ride doesn't really exist and my name's not really on that list. That, to me, it's like very evocative. <laughs> but again, <laughs> it's evocative a vengeful thing. It's evocative of someone who is out of place, who's just faking it as they go, is just hoping they're going to get away with things, is just hoping that they're going to like, and they can see their plans falling apart in front of them, and they know uh, that there's some come comeuppance coming, and so it's like, fuck, I gotta like... I gotta act strike first before. <laughs> yeah, gotta get ahead of this. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, which really appeals to me, and also, I mean, I don't know why, but then now you know that my ride doesn't really exist, and my name's not really on that list.
0: Uh huh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> have I had exactly that experience? I don't think so, but yet I kind of feel like I have. Every time I hear it, I'm like. Been there. I don't know why I think I've been there, but been there totally. Yeah, Not sure. It's kind of
0: like that imposter syndrome I, kind of thing. I guess that's bit, what right? it
2: is. Yeah. It is like a sense of imposter syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to fake my way into something. Yeah. Which fake it till you make it. I mean, I have literally tried to fake my way into things. I guess there is that. <laughs> I did live in LA, and one of my favorite things to do in LA was, um, uh, favorite things to do but you know there's there's lots of like awards the big events for the awards and i learned one night that if you just dress in a really fancy dress and you go out (laughs) on awards night sometimes you can just go in places
0: (laughs) wow okay sometimes you can just sort
2: of like uh you know hope that they don't notice that your name's not Mm. really on that list
0: i'm supposed to be here look at me
2: especially if you at the you know get dropped off whatever like yeah Oh, uh, you know what? I think they're inside. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go check You just walk in. <laughs> <laughs> I, you can also like half be on your phone, you know, a little bit. and Just be like, I, I can't hear you. Are you guys, you're in there? Okay, hold on. Hold on. I'm coming in. That's sort of thing. And then, yeah, you know, it's going. Sometimes, it's going. sometimes they don't stop you.
0: Uh, there's one part here that I really cannot make any sense of. The fully moto on the headphone, <laughs> rock the info, the microtype king. What what the fuck does any of that mean?
2: I don't think it, I don't think it means anything. Which again, I would never say anywhere else. I don't. I think it's fun to say. Fully Moto on the headphone rock the info. The microtype king. I think it's just fun to say. And I think sometimes they might be giants, just as fun with words. And I yeah. I think that's all that is. I mean, you know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is so deeply referential, I just don't get it. Maybe I'm too dumb. That's possible, you're, too.
0: No, you're probably right. But, like, I was trying to make something of the microtype king, especially since we get king. Mm-hmm. We were talking about king, king, of comedy. The, king of comedy. And that part, that leads right into the Mr. Pumpkin part. But I...
2: I mean, now we microtype? have a whole world of short kings. I mean, that's a thing we use and say, microtype. I mean, it... it Flows it follows.
0: Mm, mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mhm. I actually so. want to start using that instead of short king micro type king. Actually, is way better. The,
0: the micro type king. I kept thinking of it as like really small font size. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. See,
2: yeah. the other thing that I get a lot of times from the Maybe Giant songs, which is like, it's not a feeling I get anywhere else, but. There are so many songs of theirs that I listen to and I feel like I can hear the inside joke happening. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I could hear the conversation that the lyrics were taken from and they're not meant to like make sense outside of this, these inside jokes or these moments in time that they're having. And that always brings me a tremendous amount of joy. And like there are several of their songs where I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I don't know that I have this right, but I can see exactly where this came from like the song bangs i don't know if i'm allowed to discuss other songs but like that's sure. the song where <laughs> i mean the the whole song about like singing how great this woman's bangs are to me is just like you can just hear <laughs> someone saying i can't believe you didn't notice that i got bangs i can't believe you didn't even notice and then and like this being the response just to go way right. over the top like right. just fully yeah. you're right, right everything hangs on this and I feel like I hear that a lot in their songs, and that brings me great joy. The American Giants yeah. bring me great joy.
0: And sometimes I feel like, like in this case, it's a you know Flans pen song that Flansberg is just like, oh, John's gonna really like this. He's gonna <laughs> laugh at this part, you know. And then right. I don't think anyone else is gonna get it. But this, you know, that's exactly it's right. A, it's a callback to something else that we were talking about. Or
2: it definitely feels like they're hanging out on the tour bus and just having some weird conversation and then yeah uh, like some bits and pieces find their way into lyrics and it makes me very yeah it's happy i don't know why i keep saying it makes me happy other than it makes me so happy yeah (laughs) it does yeah they do that
0: they do that even even with their most depressing lyrics i'm like oh man this is a great song about depression
2: which is another thing in general that i like i love songs that are deeply sad and deeply terrible but like you're dancing and bobbing your head so and popping catchy. along yeah, yeah they do that very well
0: yeah now i've got this like just imposter syndrome thing in my head and i was looking at this tired of waiting tired of watching negotiating parading around like parading around like you're pretending to be something
2: mm-hmm.
0: you're tired of sitting there just like on the outside of things and maybe you're just gonna make it up yeah exactly it's not really on that list so there's some loose theme throughout the lyrics i think so really without really being a story
2: no it's not it's not a straightforward story but it is a straightforward feeling i mean i think Mm -hmm. you're the i think you nailed it in terms of the imposter syndrome stuff
0: at the freak show.
1: At <laughs> the freak show. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: musically, what do you uh, what do you dig about Prevenge?
2: I'm very like I don't, I never feel qualified to discuss music beyond like I can bop around to it, which is a sort of fun. I mean, like the whole pop punk element of their their songs is always very uh very enjoyable, and in this song too, it's just like it's very clean and easy to to take in as a full song and a full piece and you know a lot of their stuff breaks down and has you know this these sort of odd bits, and this is just very very straightforward, I think, for the most part, mm-hmm. which you know I enjoy,
0: yeah, it starts off with some very you know a crisp drum intro from mm-hmm. marty beller it's it's not the most interesting drum. Introduction.
2: It's not the most interesting but, song um, musically, right? Like, it's it's not, but it's fun.
0: There's there's some parts of it that when I was really listening close uh, these past couple days, guitar tones and some keyboard stuff that go on that that really make me happy. Right? <laughs> if that's if that's the theme uh, here, uh, like there's a lot of these um, tremolo effects. Mm-hmm. Right, like on the guitar, so it's like, like right in time with the tempo, um, throughout like the verses. And then, in the um, there's another part where there's a, a, a keyboard bit that's just like just like real kind of f- fluttering.
2: Uh huh. I like that you um, made a keyboard sound a little bit like Monty Burns from The Simpsons. I yeah. think that's that was really <laughs> impressive.
0: <laughs> well. I'm a Simpson, and it all comes back to The Simpsons for me, so it's just kind of in there there you go uh, <laughs> uh, and um and uh that other that other keyboard sound that comes up right at the um right like a tag right at the end of, my name's not really on that Let's mm-hmm. there's like that little sparkly twinkly kind of thing they were just like really locked in with their tones and um on then. Now that you know that the girls are just making it up, there's this guitar tone that sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like Dan Miller is playing like really loudly through like a really tiny amp. It's like this really (laughs) kind of compressed. Interesting. Like it sounds thin, but still like gritty and powerful. And it's that kind of studio trickery as a guy that, you know, I record my own music and produce you know other band stuff on occasion too that i'm really uh just a, a geek for dialing in guitar tones or keyboard sounds and stuff like that and this song is just full of all these little flourishes
2: now i have to listen much much better i'm such a i'm terrible with this stuff i'm just kind of like ooh, the noises sound pretty yeah. like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then the like the way they bring it down on the, like right on that mr pupkin part
2: uh-huh, yeah. where it
0: kind of goes into like almost like um like it's coming out of a, a old timey radio.
2: Right, which they, or something, they love right? that sort of effect. They like when mm-hmm. they can make these sounds modulate and, and sound as so though they're coming from a different space and time within a song, which yeah, is is a very fun little trip they take us on.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh what was curious there when I uh when I was looking at the wiki for the first time about this song is that that bridge, the Mr. Pupkin part. Uh is pre-recorded and played back during live performances. So then I went and found the debut of Prevenge. Did you get a chance to listen to that?
2: I did, yeah. It sounded like they fucked yeah. it up, which was great too. Yeah, I'm
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna drop that in right here. There's a ton of little lyrical goofs.
2: Yeah. They do not know the lyrics to that song yet, which was (laughs) which is great. I mean, you know, as someone who messes things up in real time all the time, it's it's fun to see my heroes do it.
0: And it's especially tough because Linnell takes over on the harmonies for it. So then like it sounds like there's parts where like one of them is getting it right, one of them is getting it (laughs) wrong. Yeah. Like I think like I think on the first chorus, like I say, now you know that the girls are just pushing their luck. Now you know that the boys are just pushing their luck. Like uh-huh. I say at both times. They're like, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like the Mi Amigo part gets like flipped around. Oh, yeah. They flip it all around. Lines. And they, they like
2: leave out a line completely at one point, too. I was, it was definitely like, oh, you guys like, you wrote this song yesterday, huh? <laughs> like <laughs> You're just like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, let's just try it. Let's see how it works. But then that
0: little that little bridge comes and you, you can't tell that it's being piped in. Um, and I mean, it's not the best live recording. You know, it's probably just someone out in the crowd, but um, you could because the tempo pulls way back. They're yeah. like, you know, because you always, you know, you're excited, especially as they did debut the song. They weren't like playing with like. Marty with an earpiece with like a you know click of certain BPM in his ear or something, you know they're just playing it and then all of a sudden just just pulls back for that little play to to hit the tape, but it, I, it seems like something that they really could have just done. I mean obviously you wouldn't have that little radio effect, but it doesn't seem like there's anything in that part that they couldn't have just played.
2: No, it absolutely does not. But maybe they can't say pumpkin very well maybe maybe it always comes out pumpkin (laughs) and it was just like no fuck it just just record it because we'll do it one time and then never again i mean that would make sense to me
0: yeah i mean there are some (laughs) there is a yeah pumpkin always comes out pumpkin uh like there's a little bit of overlap between the vocals coming out of the bridge going back into the pre-chorus or whatever you want to call it but that still seems like something they could have worked around I just find that was kind of curious i can't think of any other song where they do that where it's just like a portion of the song is on tape
2: i can't either it is a very strange one but i do feel like they just generally like to play around with sort of what their limits of technology are and like and they Mm -hmm. don't see i mean they certainly have all sorts of repetitive repetitive elements that they utilize more than once but it There does seem to be lots of little things with them where they're like, you know, this one time, this one time we could do this. Let's just do it this time. We'll do it this weird way every time just because, you know, because we can because it's something else to play with. I think they're very, very good at trying to figure out what all the toys in the toy box are and how can they use every possible toy and not necessarily even like, you know to its m- maximum effect so much as just, no, but we used it. We, it's got a place. something we can do with it, which. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And they really didn't give themselves much of a chance to get really good at this song. They've only <laughs> performed it eight times. Wow.
2: They've I love that someone's keeping a times. record of that. That's amazing. How does that happen?
0: Oh. The wiki. Well, like you said, the kind of fans that this band breeds just like are very uh, meticulous type, very. You know, a nerdy type, keeping track of stuff. I mean, I've never seen anyone with the an Excel
2: sheet at a show, but I, I'm i kind of surprised I haven't actually. Like, that would make sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they only played it in July of 2004. <laughs>
2: That's it. Wow. That's it.
0: And, and for the song that was like the first single off the album, it's like they really didn't push it too hard with that one. <laughs>
2: That's interesting. Uh, that is fun. something I love about going to their shows, though, in general, is sort of this, especially if you go with people who really know better than I do, although i'm I'm learning a little bit more each time, there is these like moments where it's like, oh my God, they played this one song. They never, ever, ever play it, which, yeah, yeah. they have so many songs <laughs> that there's a long list of the they never play it, and it. Gets people incredibly excited on the little off chance on things like July of 2004.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times I'll find that in looking at the, um, the dates performed pages for different songs where there will be like a decade gap and then they bring it back. Right. Which is just crazy. You'd have to relearn your own song like completely. There's like, how could you remember it?
2: Yeah. I don't know how well in this case they couldn't remember it immediately. So it would be really, really rough. (laughs) many years later but you know right right
0: (laughs) yeah maybe they should bring back prevenge it's i mean it seems like a really fun one to do live
2: it does yeah i think people would be really excited by it but perhaps it inspires too much prevenge maybe it maybe it like makes people too amped up and you know shit starts going down
0: (laughs) riles you know it's just such a rowdy crowd that they might be giant shows it's gonna start breaking shit (laughs)
2: there is a little bit of rowdiness but you know it's more that i do think that it it, the crowd in general probably has a long list of like personal vengeances you know that like uh, that they might be inspired to take out i don't know it might just be me but i feel like certainly some of the other people in the audience feel that way
0: yeah or it could just go full woodstock 99 you know (laughs) All those shirtless frat boys just starting fires.
2: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think at this point now most of the fans are like coming with their kids, so you know it's it is (laughs) it is pretty hardcore.
0: Yeah, they're such a a generational band, and they really uh, just like cemented their uh, their status as a you know like a forever band by doing kids albums. Oh yeah, and just just. Always dropping these little ways for people to get into them, you know, Malcolm in the Middle, Daily Show theme, you know, the kids' albums, uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercials, just like all these little, these little bits for people, you know, like when you were a kid, to be like, oh, what's that song? And then you have to kind of dig and find out who they are, and yeah, it, it goes from there.
2: I've explained to my kids they it was the uh, what Mickey Mouse Clubhouse that they, my kids were into when they were yep. little Earth That I the first time they listened to that, I was like, wait a second. What is that theme song? Wait. And they loved that theme song. And that was kind of a way for me to be like, hey, hey, kid, come here. I got some other stuff for you. Yeah. And at this point, I think my kids think uh, they think they might be giants have done every song. And they think Patton (laughs) Oswalt has been in everything because those two things just like permeate all of their culture and then also shows up in mine. Uh, So it's a it's a fun crossover.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd be cool with that if They Might Be the Giants wrote every song and Pat while Oswald wasn't everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad world. There are uh, worse ones. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so, the, They Might Be the Giants have not played the song a lot. And apparently, uh, uh, not a lot of other people feel like they should play it a lot because I went searching and there were zero covers. But I've got a crew of friends who will often come to my aid and. Make covers exclusively for the show. And this guy in particular, no Daniel, my German friend, had just gotten a hundred year old accordion. He's been an accordion player for a while, but he's like, I just got this new accordion. It's kind of a piece of shit, but I really want to record something <laughs> with it. You know, I don't think the bellows are completely airtight, but I really want to get it on tape. Uh, so he did a little um, just cell phone recording of revenge for us and I will drop that in right here can you
1: t-
2: She's the plan Sea Pumpkin take the step I'm tired of waiting
0: What do you think of that?
2: I loved that version because I feel as though it like it captures the heart of something. I hear that and I go, okay, yeah, I can see this guy sort of calmly playing his accordion in like Central Park with like pigeons around, and he's singing this song. And you're just increasingly becoming frightened. Like at first, you're just like, oh, a nice guy like singing, okay. (sighs) But then you're like, start to hear what he's singing about, and you're just like, oh no, this, this. person is unwell like they're he's gonna murder me i guess like that's what's gonna happen i don't know what i am about to do to wrong him but i'm gonna die now and i think that is a nice that summarizes this really well i think it it gives a nice tone to it
0: yeah yeah um yeah. (laughs) yeah and even though he's he loves kicking out quick covers and i love playing everything he, he gives me, he's like, oh, let me know if you got that. It was on some weird file type. And then so I had to convert it to MP3. And I'm like, oh, I got it all working. It sounds good. He's like, oh, no. Wish I could have done it more properly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, no way, man. It's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, I, it should be piped in in the middle of the actual song when they play it.
0: There you go. That's, that should be the bridge, uh-huh. right? His bridge. Uh, and I love hearing uh, a non-accordion, the a song, done on accordion.
2: It it's it really did like create a whole different world for me of the song, which uh, which is always enjoyable. Now I, I want to hear more covers of it on various instruments. You know, let's hear a violin cover of this.
0: Mm. Dana Williamson, she would be the one for that. <laughs> She's done some covers for me in the past. She did a cover of uh, Rat Patrol with four layers of violin. <laughs> I don't know if you know that song. Do you know that song?
2: Don't. They don't oh, know it. Okay.
0: Well, it, it, as soon as we get off the call, you should look it up. All right, uh, I will do that. It's,
2: oh, raptro, uh,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do I still have to look it up, or do, did I get it all
0: now? <laughs> no, you definitely need to look. Okay. It up. Okay. Um. Yeah, and uh, Dana's cover is up on. Uh, she put it on a comp that I uh, a, a charity comp that I put out called Purple Toupee, and that's up on all the streaming places too. So you can hear even hear her violin version out there. That's
2: very in exciting. the world
0: yeah what up dana um so thanks again noah for uh giving us content
2: love content the machine demands it
0: Mm -hmm. but what the hell everyone else is just prevenge is just getting dissed i think prevenge is gonna have to play in prevenge on y'all for not you know maybe that's what's happening prevenge
2: is you know they're knocking out the competition before it even occurs
0: yeah or people are just too intimidated to approach such a uh
2: it is frightening.
0: Prevengeful song.
2: Exactly. You never know what's yeah. happened to you.
0: Never know. Uh, so the uh, only thing left to do with this song is to score it. Hmm. So scoring this song against the TMBG canon again—you know—in relation to all the other nine hundred songs. It's you know, so
2: hard. You know, it's like you need be- a, a like a, a huge. Plotted graph to like even begin to to understand where anything falls. It's really really tough.
0: I keep track of all my scores and I'm always. Like, <laughs> what did I give this one? Okay, well this one it's, it's got to be higher than this one. Oh, yeah, a little lower than this one.
2: I yeah. feel like I'm gonna go. Oh, 6.7 seven.
0: Six point seven. Okay, that's where I'm going. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a little lower than I was expecting.
2: Honestly. I, it's a little low, see, I have this thing (laughs) where it's like, you know, the extremes are really, they're real hard to get to. So I feel like, yeah, like what's even at 10? I don't even know. I, it's like, I almost want to save it because what if I need it someday, you know? So then we're compressing the space down of where things go and there are just so many options and I'm just having tried to make like mixes for people who are not that into they might be giants like oh yeah sure I'll get I'll, I'll make like a little starter for you and and then you'll have a better idea it's so hard like mm. there's so much where do you go like it becomes so impossible and I don't think that Prevenge would be on most of those mixes like I think it would be bumped Fair. down to the next tier so I feel like and I feel like those are going to be your nines your eights I mean, it might be at a settlement. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's real tricky. It's real tricky. I just felt yeah. good about that, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, honestly, I, th- I think you're you're about right. Because um, it, cause it is a solid song with a fun, evil concept. Um, and it's catchy, but you know, an album full of catchy right. songs. You know, like, I mean experimental film uh, yeah i was about
2: to say <laughs> you've got experimental you know, film right there what are you yeah. gonna do
0: right and and again like like you're saying like you can't have too many of the high scores like i uh um there's even there's there's a page for this podcast on the wiki and someone's been keeping track of all this. the perfect 10 let's see one two three four five six seven i've only given seven tens
2: i should look these up tell me one of them
0: uh let's see. Dr. Worm. Mm, mm-hmm. She's an angel. Yes. We want a rock.
2: Okay, yeah, mhm.
0: Birdhouse, mm-hmm, of course. Mhm. Um the one, oh, oh. one one more more <laughs> unique one. Uh dinner bell.
2: Mm, okay, interesting.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. Uh Statue got me high. Mhm.
2: Mm, oh, interesting. Yeah. that would not be a temple.
0: And and where your eyes don't go
2: very interesting i mean i'm i'm with you on half your 10 choices okay, okay. yeah mm-hmm. she's an angel it's like oh god I, that song yeah yeah i love it so much oh <laughs> yeah Speech- lots Speechless. of sighing lots of uh, i yeah. don't anyway <laughs>
0: all right so Never what am i giving this? a dog show <laughs> like watching them on thanksgiving though uh I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give it a straight up seven. So not too far off from you. All right. Thank you. You're about right there. Hmm. Yeah. That that seems about right. Uh. Now we've talked about the onion and McSweeney's, but what else do you have that you want to do plug? Anything?
2: Um. I don't have anything. Right now, but I have stuff that eventually will uh, will be coming out. There's um, a fun interesting podcast I'm gonna be doing. Uh, we are mm. <laughs> we are uh, a bunch of comedy writers are working on a, a Star Trek podcast thing that's going to be really goofy and, and ridiculous and I would think people here would probably like so um, oh yes yes so hopefully I will have a platform to share that uh, but you know Twitter could explode any moment so <laughs> first but. well do you
0: at least have an, a name for it so they can go looking for it in the future I don't give do a name yet? I don't No I name even have
2: yet. that okay. the untitled comedy project right yeah I have lots of that stuff
0: <laughs> <you
2: go>. yeah <laughs> but they can find me Mara Quint at um you know, all of the places that you can find someone and I will be sharing it everywhere.
0: Okay. Well, people, uh, go give her a follow and, uh, check out some of those writings on those various sites. Um, you know, TMBG loves some McSweeney. So, you know, head over there and check that out. If you haven't already, I assume you're all already familiar with the onion uh but as far as this might be a podcast goes you can find us on twitter at this might be a pod uh instagram all the places and email me your thoughts on prevenge uh you know what what do you what gets you in the mood for some prevenge you can hit me up at this might be a pod at gmail uh, and leave voicemails at 224-801-2930 And you can go to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast if you want to support the show that way. And yeah, Maura, thanks again for for being on.
2: Thanks so much. This is really fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and thanks for dealing with my daughter coming down and interrupting us before we even start. Anytime. (laughs) Oh,